Jesus, we thank you for the chance to visit together. We want to have the church be successful, and we want to have that success extend into the cyber world as well. So we ask for wisdom. We ask for your Holy Spirit to enlighten us as to what we could do to make our websites meaningful, not only to our church members, but to the general public as well. Ask your spirit to be with us and you'll enliven my mind that I could help each person in a special way. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this is a uh, seminar in which you will get to drive some of the discussion and some of the, the, the things we cover. I do have an outline and I'll start with that. But at any point, we're a small enough group, at any point during the brief notes that I already have, you have a question, just feel free to interrupt me. This is not going to be a sermon. This will be more of an interactive class. Um, so if the first thing I put on is kind of a, a no-brainer for those of you who are here, and I don't know how to stand so that you can see the screen as well, but I think it's important to think, as we talk about upgrading your website, it's valuable to think about why you should have a website. And you could give me, let's go through these four points, and you could give me some additional ones from your church perspective. But I believe that the communication about who we as a church are, who your church is, and what you are doing is valuable. Because we would like people from the community to come to the website and say, yeah, I want to be a part of that. I'm interested in learning about who Seventh-day Adventists are in my local community. So we want to present an accurate picture of why someone would be blessed coming to your church. That probably means don't uh, try to be bigger online than you are in real person. Have it match. Be authentic, online and offline. Well, your bulletin. We're going to show how to put the bulletin online. That is a good representation of what you do each week. And if you do nothing else, I would like to see every church in the Michigan Conference put their bulletin online every week. That's kind of, I, you know, I'm glad you're saying yes, amen, because that's a minimum. And it's not that difficult. I'll show you how to do it in one minute. You get the file from whoever makes your, your bulletin. It's easy to put it online. So there's also value in reach. We've been kind of talking about what the community would like to see. Well, what about communicating to the church members? There's, a, there's many times I'll go to our local church website in Fairplain, uh, and Friday night I'll scan the bulletin just to make sure my memory didn't fail me and see whether I'm on the, bull, uh, I'm on the platform, you know, whether I'm going to call for offering or something like that, because they put me in these rotations and sometimes I forget, and I will regularly go and refer to the bulletin that they put up on Thursday, the week before, Thursday before Sabbath, to see if I've forgotten something just to make sure I'm on time and I'm in the place and I'm prepared. So that's an in-reach item. You might have another in-reach item might be uh, communicating about you know, upcoming social events, that people would need to refer to, keeping your calendar up to date. Um, 
Those are benefits for the actual church members, not just the seeking community. And I would love, this is another passion of mine, is to present media for the members that are away or for the interested bypasser, the interested public. It's, it's more difficult than running a website. You've got to record the service. But many times, many churches I find, and Mickey, I don't know if you'll agree, but many churches are already recording them, at least in audio. Our church gives out uh, DVDs to people who want them. So if you're already recording the service, I would encourage you consider putting it online. With the Adventist Church Connect 3.0 system, there is no charge for uploading media. In the 2.0 system, there was a charge. If you went over 10 gigabytes, and I don't mean to be too technical, but that's a, a size of space online, how much the file takes up, well, you would be kind of charged a, a little fee if you went over that threshold. And with the 3.0 system, there's no charge. You can, put, you can put audio, you can put video, and you're not, at least as of right now, I, I don't control what the NAD does, but there's no charge, and, unless you were given advance notice and something changed, but I don't understand. So if they do start charging, is there a way to delete old files? There is, but um, these, the, the, the web is kind of advancing to a point where we're getting away from worrying about file space and more about file usage. And um, there's no charge. How long are these uh, video files stored or archived on the site? Well, with the transition from 2.0 to 3.0, we're making everyone's kind of start over. You could move the file from the 2.0 to the 3.0, or you could just start from now forward with the 3.0, but they're going to be stored indefinitely. With the caveat, now all of you should smile when I say indefinitely, how long did our VCRs last? And how long did our eight tracks last? And now, how long does the CD is going to last? Technology keeps advancing. But for the practical purpose, we do not delete the media for you. Who knows what virtual reality will be 10 years from now. On Yeah. Okay. So, any thoughts that you had about why you want to have a website? Hopefully you agree with these. I think they're useful. So the new platform, I want to speak just a minute about why any of us who have a 2.0 website have to go through this pain, because it is a pain to, to put things over again. Uh, I'll, you know, I, I, I can be big, brave enough to acknowledge it's, it's painful to start over and to have to face it again. The server technology that was used for the 2.0 system does not 
easily upgrade to the modern standards. And we made the strategic choice, instead of spending two years of work to just go to the best and start a brand new system from the ground up. That meant that it's very difficult to transfer the information from the old site to the new site unless you copy and paste it. The, the technology of the old system, it's a PHP version, that is no longer being supported as of January 1st or December 31st, however you want to look at that, of 2018, the end of this year, they will stop making security updates for that older software. Well, the version two system was written in that older software and four versions down the road is what we wrote the new software in. And we're planning to keep that up to date. We've, we've kept the old system without this kind of hard break for the last 12 years. And now we've made a hard break and said the 3.0 system is needing to just start fresh. An advantage of starting fresh, welcome. You've got air conditioning to share, come in. An, ad an advantage of starting fresh is that you really get to go through the website and clean up some of the old things that really no longer need to be there. And we find that if you just port everything over, it just continues to stay. So this, even though it's painful, might be seen as a, a house cleaning item that's just beneficial every once in a while. Mickey, when you were doing the conference site, did you find any examples like that where you improved? Yeah, there were files. They never, the files never went away under 2.0. And so we had material clear back to 2010 that were, you know, that were to be put out there right away. And it just piled up and piled up and piled up, and we never cleaned those up. And uh, so, yes, I only brought over those things which were current, and we're doing that. And I would like to explain something, if I can. Um, our, we, we wrestled with what is our communication, that number one that you had previously. What is our box? And our box is, number one, we try to provide information for our church members. For, and that is our number one goal is our members. Number two is our pastors and workers, school teachers and all of that. Those two are just almost interchangeably. And reaching out to the community, we figured, was the role of the local church. And so the local church is what we expect to reach out to our community. So that's number three on our um, on our list. So we we kept that in mind in everything we do. We don't want to send anybody away, but we want to make sure our church members can find the information they need and our pastors can find what they need and then do it in the framework of what would make it acceptable in the community. That's excellent. I'd love to have each of you think about that for your local churches to say, you know, what are we going to do? What is our audience and how are we going to best serve them? So it's completely rewritten. That's really, really good for those of you who are starting fresh. And it's not so great for those of you who have used the old system. Isn't that right, Mickey? 
<laughs> Unfortunately, and you may cover this, Crystal said, Mickey, forget everything you know about the old system because the new one is just new software you have to learn. Yeah, it's it's completely different. Yeah, it definitely is. I love it myself. I love it myself. But for those of you, in fact, some of you may be actually frustrated. If you are using the old system and you've come today saying, how does this work? Well, I'm gonna, we're going to go through it. I'm going to give you live demos. We're going to take your questions and show you. But that perspective is really valuable. It's almost easier. I wrote your words right here in advance, Mickey. It's almost easier to clear your mind of the old system, kind of forget it, and start with a clean slate for the new system. Because it's just, drag and drop is just so different. It's easier, but it's very different from the old system. So what stays the same? Communicating what your church is doing and the ways for the public to interface with the church. I want to still have you be energized and excited about the things that really matter, and that's telling the public, telling the church members what's valuable in your church and what you're doing. So let's take a, new, a look at the new system. When you, and at this point, you can watch the screen, but I need to run the computer, so I'm going to kind of be over here for a little bit. And I have two... Um, <clears throat> I have two windows open. And um, so I have this window and I have this window. And they're representing the same church, the same site. This window I've logged in. And I'm going to show you all about the back end. And this window is the same church, but from the general public. And I have two separate screens to represent that. And you can have many different designs. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And it could be represented in many different ways. But I'd like to start with the idea that you have, once you log in, you have a back end system. And that back-end system will let you produce content and schedule things and allow users to log in. You can't do from the front-end system. The front-end is for the public. The back-end is for the administrator. Okay? So with that introduction, I'm going to go to the window that is the back-end system and just kind of talk you through the, the menu. This is what you're going to see when you log into any Adventist Church Connect 3.0 system. Some of you may ask, well, how do I know the difference between the 2.0 and the 3.0? And I've got an example here. The 3.0 will have this black menu going vertical. The 2.0... I thought I kept it, but I didn't. The 2.0 will look like this, with a black bar across the top. And some of you who have used the system in the past, you're familiar with these uh, menus across the top. And of course, there's this upgrade notice 
as a top hat. Now, only you as an administrator will see this. The general public does not see this message. Only when you log in do you see that top hat <coughs> telling you that you need to upgrade. So that's how you can tell which site you're in. And I'm going to actually click through each of these, but let's just kind of talk through it. There'll be a picture of you if you put your picture online and your name, and in there you can change your password and um, log out of the system. Maybe I just need to stay by the computer and show you. So I can come up here and click this little down arrow. I can edit my profile, or I can log out. This little um, <clears throat> water lifesaver is a help link. And if you click that, it'll bring out a little window. And I like to tell people right up front about this little window. The first link on the little window is Support Center. No matter where you are in the site, if you click that Support Center, the little lifesaver, and then Support Center, you will go to a help site page that relates to the page you're at. So if you're on the dashboard and you hit Help Center, it'll give you help about the dashboard. If you're on Forms and you hit the, the little lifesaver and Support Center, it'll take you directly to the page about help for Forms. So Wherever you are, hitting the, um, the Lifesaver and Support Center takes you to context-aware help. Now, we may not have thought of your question, and we may not have put your question in that page, but it is a page about where you were. You understand what I mean? So that's really useful. There's a link for webinars, and probably there's a webinar that'll do more eloquently what I'm doing today. There's, there's a lot of good webinars. There's what's new. So if you wonder, things look a little different than they looked before. Did, did something get improved? Does it work better now? You can click the what's new, and it'll take you to a list. And about every week or two weeks, we'll, we'll work on five or six things and make them better. And we describe that in the what's new page. Server status. Let's say you're having some trouble and you're really wondering, is this my problem? Is my internet provider the problem? Or is there a problem with the server? You can take a look at server status and maybe it'll give you an idea. And the last item is submit a ticket. Let's say you've got a question, you've kind of worked through the help site. You can tell that there's not a problem with your ISP and there's not a problem with the server. Kind of down through the list, you say, well, let's ask for help. And the support ticket will be a way for you to type in your question, and the Adventist Church Connect team will get back to you. Either it'll be something we have to fix on our side or instructing you how to do it on your side. So that little lifesaver is really useful to you. I'd encourage you to use that. I've come over to the black bar, and you know those three little lines there? It's called a hamburger. Have you ever seen that on, on different sites? You can click it and it expands the menu. You can click it and it contracts the menu. So as you get kind of starting out, 
You may not remember what the little icon is for forms, and it's really easy to expand that and see the full text. But after you've used the system for a while, you'll feel pretty comfortable just having it be in this contracted view, and you can do everything you can do in the expanded view. One thing I like to tell people is at the very top, this will be your church name, and that's a really easy way to go to the front end of the site. It's linked up. Remember I talked about there's a public side of your site and there's an administrative back end to your site. Well, wherever you are on the administration, if you click the name there in the top of the blue bar, you'll go to the public side of your site. You'll go to the homepage. Uh, and that's useful. So, I'm going to go through the menu items. Um, I'm going to name it, describe it briefly. This will take about two minutes. I'll click down through them, and then I'll see if anyone has any questions. After that, we'll actually start going through and starting adding some content and seeing what questions you might have there. First is the dashboard, and the dashboard is a kind of an overview of your site, and um, it will... There we go. In contracted view, you can see one month, three months, or six months. So you can change the scale of your website hit visitors, the number of hits that you have. You have a site score, and this will tell you the updates in the past 30 days. This site is not a real church site. It's a kind of a demo site. A site score of one means that it's kind of not doing real well. It's not receiving very many updates. And through the process of doing this demonstration, we're going to be improving the site score by doing several of things. We're going to be editing an article, adding content, putting in a calendar item, uploading a bulletin, and all of those things will help improve your site score. This is a way to just encourage you to keep your website current by adding content to it and just reminding you the number of things that you've done in the last 30 days. And that's a rolling 30 days, so it's not the 1st to the 31st, it's just wherever you are in the month from that time to the past 30 days, and it'll give you that number. It'll give you some ideas of what to do for setup, and I find this kind of interesting because we use this as a demo site almost entirely, we use it on a PC like we're doing now. But your real sites, you will find that mobile devices take up a bigger chunk, and sometimes over half of your visitors will be mobile devices. People visiting on their cell phones to look at the bulletin, to check the calendar, and the Adventist 3.0 is completely mobile friendly. And that's a big advantage of using the 3.0 system. Okay, so next is pages. We're going to come back to pages, and I'll be using this and uh, explaining more about how to edit your site from the pages link. Think of it like an outline of all of the pages in your site. And you can see the outline and kind of in hierarchical order, and you can click edit on any one of those, 
or you can drag and drop and rearrange them. If you want to move something to a different place, you can do that here. Blogs, a blog is a piece of information that's tied to a calendar. You may say, well, what's a page different from a blog? They're, they're actually quite similar, except a page is more like, here are the departments, and then under that are listed hierarchically. We're going to list the departments. And then here is our outreach to the communities. So we're going to list indented under that, you know, the different ways we reach the community, VBS and different community service activities. Kind of like an outline. But a blog is that same information, but it's looking at it like a river of flowing information, but it's date ordered. So a blog would be, this is what's happening this week. And then you make a new blog post the next week. Well, this is what's happening this week. And so it's kind of flows so that the older items are just older. And that's, that's all of the hierarchical order you have. And, and some pastors like that. And they'll, they'll make a pastor's blog and just talk about the current sermon or the current topics that the church is facing. Um, and just keep adding those one after week after week. Events is your calendar, and um, there's a back-end view of the calendar and a front-end view. Forms allows you to collect information from the public or your members. You could say who wants to sign up for various things, uh, committees or, or unlimited. I'll show you forms. It's pretty fun. Galleries are your photo collections. And you can, I'll show you how easy it is to make a gallery, and you can then edit the gallery here, or add a new one here too. Media is how we suggest you put your sermons and your weekly media from the church service online. And so there's actually a media collection, and we'll look at that. Store, not many sites use the store. A couple do. A couple actually want to sell. They sell the DVDs from the church service. Um, store can be set up for an electronic download or to be a physical product that's shipped. Um, not as used in the church setting, but a lot of schools use it and a lot of businesses use it. The last three... Themes is how your website looks. Users is who can log into your, well, let me click on themes first. We'll come back and look more at this. The themes, these are different, you might say, um, layouts or presentation styles that your website could have. You can choose and alternate between these. Users are the people who are set up to be able to administer your site. And you can create a user. Let's say you have a Pathfinder club. You can have a Pathfinder part of your website and have the Pathfinder director or his or her assistants have logins so that they can edit that portion of the website but not accidentally mess up something else on the website. So you can limit users to specific areas. And last is settings. 
where we have general settings, collection settings, and system settings. And these areas are all pretty straightforward. Name, contact information, with a save button at the bottom. So that's pretty straightforward for settings. Okay, at this point, any questions? Yes. Um, in the area where you have your name, Daryl, up there, I use my personal email to set up, you know, our church and our schools, um, weekly on a website. Um, can the login um, email uh, that was used be changed? I want to change it from my personal to like the church's email so that, like you said, when I leave, you know, whatever pastor comes in or communications director can just take over. Yes. You can easily do that by edit profile. I'll go ahead and do it on, on mine. The Wi-Fi is a little slow here, so apologize for that. But this comes up and you can, um, right here on email, you could go ahead and, and put whatever, just edit that. And um, the other thing you could do is you could leave yourself in how, whatever email you want, okay. and the next pastor could be added as a new user. Okay. And when he's, when you're kind of, he's no longer asking you how to do things, mm -hmm. then he could delete you or you could delete yourself. Okay. And then his record, so you could even both be there. It, it doesn't hurt. Excellent question. This may not be the time, but Michigan Conference, through the man over there, will we will buy and pay for your domain name for your local church. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you don't have to buy it. You just. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you need to transfer it to Michigan Conference. But you, you know, stay with that cost will remain that you pay. We'll just take over the, the license term will remain there. And then the next time you renew, it'll just be under our account. So we'll be in touch with. I still have another church that we could do that. Oh, okay. There's, there's lots of reasons for that. All right. But, you know, and I won't go into all of them here, but it's exactly that. We have a pastor who registered the domain name in his name, and he went overseas uh, to work in Lebanon, and it has been a real hassle to be able to even renew his thing. And I don't know if we ever got that one worked out or not. Uh, I'll talk to you later about it. But it, just to even renew the thing has been a real hassle because he's out of the country. So own that domain name. Okay. Um, they told me of a church in Nevada or out there somewhere where the pastor got crosswise with the church and just shut their website down completely and said, it's my domain name. Wow. And so Adventist Church Connect had to come in and help them reconstruct a website as similar as they could. So let us buy it, and we'll make sure it doesn't get... the. We've had churches where the, the church treasurer gets a notice that says, Go Daddy, and they remember the Super Bowl ads and say, That's trash, and there goes your domain name. Right, after five years, like, it's no gone. one can access it. Yeah. So, anyway, we'll take care of that for you. How do you know if our domain is registered? Um, 
How do you know if it's registered? If it's functions, it's registered. And how do you know who it's registered to? Yeah, how do we know who it's registered to? Uh, there's a hookup tool you can use. Uh, actually, I um, actually, it's called whois. Whois.godaddy.com or, or any number of sites like that. You can put in a domain name. Yeah, give, give your domain name and let's just look it up real quick. What's the domain name for your website? Um, well, the new one for the new one is www.adventistchurch.org. Uh, right, yeah, I already know that we own that because the, the North American division owns Adventist Church. What Mickey was talking about is a customization beyond that. That's the standard that's given. And it's a good name. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. You want to change your domain name. To something. You might be writesda.org or what other... You, you guys might suggest a better pattern, but... They're they're all. Well, we've got two. We got two it. domain names that go to the same site. We got also right sda.org. Now that one is the one that the Michigan Conference will pay for. The first one, no one has to pay for it. Okay, what about the right sda.org? That's Michigan Conference. I don't know if you can read that. Did I spell it right? This says that that I've misspelled it, or it's not actually. The com is thinking harder, so maybe there's something there. Here it comes. Because the R domains, the registrations are private, so they tell you right there. It says Michigan Conference. Yeah, we can't see more here. But that's a good question, and I'm glad you mentioned that. This is a perfect time to mention this, Mickey. The, it's really a safeguard, and it saves the church a little money every year. So I've, I think the Michigan Conference is so smart. I don't know what the best way to give you praise, <laughs> but so wise to be doing this because we hear story after story after story working with about 4,000 churches, it's going to happen. And it's a sad story. We forgot to pay. We, the person moved and we never got their mail and the domain name is turned off and now we've lost it and someone else registered it and they want $5,000 before we can get it back and just all kinds of crazy stories. And it's just such a blessing to have another you know, entity, another office able to take care of this and guard it for you. And frankly, the last time I met with the North American Division, there's only three or four conferences that are doing this, and those conferences are the model for the North American Division. And from that meeting, I don't know what will happen. I can't, that's beyond my, I'm not on those committees, but they were going to take that as a recommendation for all conferences across the North American division just because it works so well from the conferences that have already taken that initiative. For your benefit, we do not own that one. Okay. Um, so you may want to find out who does within your church. and right. We can transfer, especially since that one's registered with GoDaddy. It's very simple. Transfer our GoDaddy and only a very few steps involved. Uh, but we need to know who it is, and, and they need to be able to check the email address that's registered with, because there is some communication. Right. And I'd highly encourage that that happen.
just because it'll be under an, under your care that and it'll ha you know the renewal happens and it saves money every year too. Okay, well that's that's this is the kind of give and take I'm really interested in. I'm I'm glad we were able to look that up. Okay, so we're back here. Any other question about these in general? I'm going to spend some time actually doing the edit with you. Ready for that? Okay. And after that, I'm going to have you all stand up and take a deep breath because I'm at that same point in the afternoon where it's like, oh. <laughs> Keep awake. So if you need to stand up to do, watch this, that's fine too. Um, So here is the outline. I have the homepage, the online media, the ministries. And notice these little dashes. They represent some indentation and kind of hierarchy. So these, um, you know, under ministries would be children's ministries, ministries calendar, pathfinders, youth ministry. But on the main navigation, you won't see all of those sub-ministries. Let me just jump to the public side. Here is the navigation on the public side. Um, let me get back to it here. And um, so we've got home, online media, ministries. But notice that little carrot and the fly down. So these are sub-pages, the children's ministries, the ministry calendar, Pathfinders, youth ministries. All you have to do is create a page under ministries and all of these pieces automatically build for you. You don't have to come to the home page and build that little drop down. It puts it together for you if you just create the page under the ministries section. You with me? Understand what I mean there? About Us has a news, events, contact us, devotionals. So if we go back to our site list, um, our admin list, then we see About Us, news and viewer access, events, contact us, and then webinar, intro, edit an image, and devotionals, okay? You may say, well, some of those look like main navigation items, but they're not showing up in the main navigation. <clears throat> I'm gonna jump to one of the tools in system, or in settings, and that's this navigation tool here. If you, and I just clicked it, here is the main navigation that is showing, and some of those other pages that could have been main navigation have been deleted by the trash can, and you can add new ones. So let's say that your church, and you mentioned you, that your church has a school, or at least one of the churches does. So some churches that have affiliated schools like to put the school in the church menu and the main main menu but the school probably needs its own site and since it's free you might as well then what you could do is you could add an item in this list and have it go to the school and have it link to a completely different website but it's still in the navigation but it's not actually you know what I mean it's not actually in the site it's just for that input because that's what I'm thinking about doing. And I'll talk to these young men afterwards to know about 
having those domains, <laughs> you know, owned by the conference. And if you don't have them yet, it's probably even easiest for them to just register them for you. Okay. They'll, tell, they'll tell you more about that. So, um, you see these little funny arrows? Let's say that uh, I made my site, and then I realized that, you know, I think about us should be maybe one of the first things we show. You see how easy that was to drag and drop? The other pages kind of just reorder. I'll click Save on that, and I'm going to switch to this other view, which was the public view, and on this public view, I'm going to click Refresh, and notice what happened. Because I drag and dropped about us from farther in the page to earlier, the navigation has automatically been rebuilt and about us is right up there at the front. So that's kind of the tools that you can, you can use. Now let's go to pages and see what happened in pages. Notice that in pages, we have home and then what? About us, we just drug it earlier in the tree. So everything kind of just reworks itself to the order that you want it to be. Okay, what are some things that you would like to do on a page? How to add a new page? How do I add a new page? How to add a new page? Let's start with new page because that's kind of like where we're at, right. and then let's talk about inside the nitty gritty. Okay, and you may stump me on some questions, but that's fine. I'll figure out how to do it and tell you later. So let's go to about us, and we're going to say uh, we're going to create a new page under About Us. And we're going to call that page Michigan Camp Meeting. Now, technically, it can wouldn't... You, can you add a page that's not under the one that's already there? Sure, but what like, would... Like the school. It would, yes, now the school would be a page that isn't really a page, and we would do that in the navigation link that I showed you earlier. Show up on, uh, mm -hmm. So to do that, we would come to Settings, Navigation, Add Item, and I would uh, choose a page or a custom URL. In this case, I'm going to put a custom URL and put, you know, myschool.com or something like that. And click Add. And now my school is here, and I'm going to put, and I can drag and drop that. You see, I can put that anywhere in the menu, just like I moved about us around. I can do this, our school, and move it around, okay? Now, I want to make a real page, so I'm not going to do that, but that's how just to put the menu, something in the menu, okay? But I'm going to go back to pages, and I want to really make an actual page, and we're going to put a, a gallery in there, we're going to drop, drop some pictures in there, we're going to type some text. So I need it to be under About Us because that's kind of where I want to put it, like if it was ministries and I want to add a new ministry, I want it under that, right? So I can click About Us, which takes me to the front part of the website, and I can edit the About Us page, or I can click Create, and Create will make a new child under the page I click Create on. Okay, I'm going to go back. There's more than one way to do things. I can also click this little page uh, here. I can edit 
Oh, I can't create a new page here. I take it back. I can view, go to trash, I can trash that page, I can unpublish it, or I can relocate it with drag and drop. Okay, I thought I could also create a child there. Ah, uh, here we go. So add page, and I, I can add different kinds of pages. I don't want you to be confused by this. I can add a different kind of page. I, I could be just a page, I can add a page called a page, and that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna make a page and type pictures and drag photos in. But I could also put in a blog or a calendar or a media page or a store item or a forwarder. So a forwarder might be interesting to talk to you about because you can make a page and have when someone visits that page, they automatically go to a different part of your website. And there are cases, I don't want to confuse you, but there are cases where that's really, really useful. This is another way to make a school link, where you could make a page called My School, which is a forwarder that then goes to another place. Um, and this is how you would do it if it wasn't in the main navigation. If you wanted ministries, and you had a if you had one of your church ministries that had their own entire website, like it was a community services that had their own website, under ministries, you could make a forwarder page that could go to that other website, and they'd still be listed under ministries in your navigation. Okay, so I'm going to click the page. I get here to choose what kind of layout I'm going to use, and I'll select that one. Okay. Only three layouts in this design, in this theme. There's can you can you edit how what the page actually looks like, or do you have to go with what's there? Everything's customizable. So the let me click cancel and kind of just run through this again, because um, that was a good question. So I'm going to click page. So these um, this has a carousel on it. The white um, are like pictures and black or text areas. So this has a sidebar and this doesn't have a sidebar. So you're not, um, you're not really being locked into the way it looks. You're just saying have something with two edit areas or only one. So you can make, like you got a large block and a skinny block. Yes. You can make those equal blocks if you want. The way I would do that is I would do the large one and then put in two columns. This is more for a dedicated sidebar, like on the sidebar I always want to list the current bulletin or the, the latest gallery or the latest blog post or something like that, then I would put that in the sidebar. So, okay, so I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna call this page Camp Meeting. And here I get to choose what parent page it is. And we decided we were going to put that under About Us, right? And so this tells you the URL that's going to be created. And I'll go ahead and click Create. And here it has kind of brought me in to an empty page. It's titled Camp Meeting. And I've got this kind of sidebar area here 
I can put like a little quote in here, and here's another kind of text area that I could go down the page. Okay, so you can type, and you have a black plus box. We call these blocks. And if you click the block, you could put in any of these items. Can you read that? It's kind of small. You can put in an image, a gallery, a media item, a form, a map, a quote, columns. So if you wanted, I'd use that big one and do two columns if you wanted, you know, kind of equal spacing. A table, lists of different kinds, a text rule, an embed, insert some HTML. This is for those of you who are geeks and want to deal with HTML. You can put a block of HTML in. Social media or a podcast, okay? So all of those are kind of things that you could do by choosing the block. If I choose image, then it's going to say, well, what image do you want? And I get to then choose an image, uh, and maybe I'll choose the hallway, kind of an, an interesting picture. Could be of your local event or your Pathfinder Club or something like that. I'll click Choose, and it puts that image in. It's actually uploading the image right now. Uh, it's kind of a large image, and I have a slow Wi-Fi connection, but when it turns unopaque, you know that that upload has finished. Let me show you, I don't want to confuse you, but is it okay if I show you more than one way to do something? Yes. This is the fun way, and that's called drag and drop. So I'm going to click the, the trash can on this image and just delete it. I'm going to move this aside a little bit so I can see some of my desktop, or I'm going to I'm going to look at this um, uh, finder window. It could be drugged from the desktop if, if I got all the way down that deep. But I'm going to just take this image and notice, you probably can't see it as clearly on the projector. Do you see a little cursor following the picture on the sidebar? That's the, going to be the insertion point when I let go of my mouse. It's going to plunk it there. And if you have different paragraphs, you can go up and down and put it next to the paragraph you're interested in. Well, I'm just going to plunk it there by releasing the mouse. And this is exactly the same thing as hitting the black plus and going image. And the image is now uploaded. Okay. I'm going to expand my screen again. Let's say, hmm, that's nice, but what could I do with this image? Maybe we want to edit it. So I'm going to click the Edit button, and here you'll notice I can take and do some interesting things. I could crop. Do you see how I drug that corner down? And I could grab this bottom and drag up. And this will actually crop it to this new size. And um, I can put in some alt text. I can show that alt text with, as a caption, or I could make this image a link. So I could put on my home page a picture of youngsters riding or running in the marathon, the 5K that we had here on Sunday. So you've got a picture there, and then you could have that picture be a link, sign up for next year's marathon or 5K run. So you can make 
the picture a link, and this is an easy way to do that. When you crop it like that, is the picture going to shrink down there on your website, or is it going to stay the same size? It should shrink down some too. So let's go ahead and I click submit. Oh, I just cropped it. It kept it the same size. I made everything else bigger. And what I can do is change that size with this right left arrow. And I can go full, which is edge to edge, large, medium, or small. So if I click small, it'll take that down to a smaller size. So let's say that um, I want to put this image on the right. See the little right? Can you see that right justify? I click that and it's over here and it, I don't type very well so I'm going to put some gibberish. But do you get the idea here where that text will, that image kind of floats to the right and the text will keep going around it. So we have this up here and we're still saying that image is taking up too much space. Can we and can any image manipulation software change the size of that image so it won't pick up that? Let me see. Um, I haven't been able to make it do it. That's why I'm It's set on the smallest, and uh, if I edit it, let me see if this will be a test. We'll make it smaller and see if it. Uh, <laughs> That's still about the same size, isn't it? I think if you edit it before you drag it, it will do it. That's what I, that's what I had to do. Yeah. I edit the picture to the size. Uh, that's of what I'm talking about. That's that's what I do. But I still. It would be I'm nice. Just, just to grab a corner. Just to to make it harder. Tried to make one really really tiny, but it's still. It still put it that size. It takes up more space on that on those screens than I would like it to. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll I'll check into that. I'm not sure I know of easier way other than these presets. Okay, so I'm going to delete this picture. And wish I had better text, but you get the idea. I'm going to go and find a collection of images. I thought I had a set of flowers. I'm going to look for a set of flowers. Here they are. So I've got a set of flowers here and I've got a lily. So I'm just going to take from my finder a grouping of, of images. I can do this one by one by creating a gallery, or I can just take this group of images and together drag them onto the page. You see that same cursor floating around? So let's say I'm going to drop them there. Just dragging and dropping a group of pictures will automatically make a photo gallery. And you just put it onto the page and we can give the, the title, Camp Meeting, and maybe I should say Camp Meeting Flowers. Make it make more sense. I can upload a new image. I can say it's going to be a slideshow and I want it to autoplay and I want it to show thumbnails. And I'll click save. So this is created a slideshow in your site and given you the ability to have a carousel. So I'm going to go ahead and publish this page. 
And here it is. So we've got the different slideshow elements where you can go back and forth with your slideshow. Okay? So one of the... Um, going back to the plus, let's say I'd like to put in a map. So I'm going to click Map. And it asks, simply asks for location. And I think you were right, SDA. So what happens if I were to type in W-R-I-G-H-T? Does that look about right? So all I had to do is type in the name of the church. And it will give me this. I can change my zoom. I could go to satellite view. or not, and I'll click Submit. So whatever I typed in as the church name, and I click Submit, then it saves that map element right on the page. And the, the visitor could come and click Directions, and go right out to Google Maps, you know, and get the directions to the site. So again, very simple. And that's kind of how we've built all of the tools to be rather easy to manipulate back and forth. Okay, any questions so far? Let's do a form and then I'll have you be able to stretch. So you can add a new form or use an existing form on this page. Let's, let's add a new form. What would be a form that we could create? Enrollment for maybe Pathfinders or school could be more complex because it could be a lot of fields. I want a simple form to show you right now. You could do a complex one, but let's do a simpler one. Okay. So I'm going to give the title Request for Lawn. Maybe your church is going to do a service and offer lawn mowing for either a low cost or free to dis shut-ins. Yes. Or, or those who are going to mow the church's lawn. Well, the first thing we want to do is add a field. And this is pretty simple with the plus button. And so what field would we want to ask first? Maybe the first thing we would want is on the page above the field to be able to type a little bit about, please fill in the form below if you're willing to mow the church lawn once a week or once a month or once a quarter, okay? So we'll go back and add that text. We're kind of doing this on the fly. So what question would we want to collect from the visitor? Okay, so we're going to click name. And it already put it in this for us, name, first name, last name. So what else would we want to collect? Okay, so let's choose a date, and we'll add date available. Good. And we could include a time selector if we want, but probably is not that important. And we could say it's required, and we're going to say, you've got to tell us a date or else this isn't really all that helpful. 
And name, yeah, let's require that too, because a blank form isn't going to help us much, right? So we're going to click the required. Let's say we're going to get back in touch with them, and let's collect their email address and require that. And, oh, for fun, uh, their phone number. Why not? Now, you get the idea how simple this is. That's, it's just that simple to be able to add a new field. If you think of something later, oh, I, sh I wish I'd asked for their favorite hair color or, you know, whatever. It's not that difficult to go in and edit it. You see that little drag bar? That little drag wheel, this little thing here? I can take and put phone wherever I want in the list. I could put phone up first by drag and drop. But name makes more sense. So let's put, let's put, let's put name first. You know, just thinking, you know, for that form, it's funny because we are looking for people to go online. Um, can you, like, uh, put a question in there as well? Like, can you drive a lawnmower? Sure, let, let's do it. Um, so we're going to come down here and let's do, do you want short answer or paragraph? Maybe we should do paragraph. So, tell us your experience level or, you know, however you want it. We're just playing around. But what this is, is see this little box here? It'll make a nice little box where they can type in a little paragraph about their experience level. And we probably better require that too. Because <laughs> uh, people don't like to write and they may not put anything there unless we do that. So... Now, you've gotten the idea of how simple it is to put in a field, how simple it is to drag and drop the fields around. Let's look at your options. Short answer is a single line. Paragraph is multiple lines. Numbers, it'll force their reply to only be numbers. And in there, you can say, I want it to be a cost. Like, how much are you willing to pay for something? or for some reason you want a cost, you can force it to be numbers, a decimal, and two numbers afterward. And it'll be formatted that way. A date, you already saw the example of that. Name, address, email, phone, drop-down, where you could make a drop-down and put in your own items. Like, I like weed whacking, I like push mower, I like zero turn mower, you know, whatever and you could build a little drop-down list. Maybe if you were going to do a work B, you could make a drop-down list of jobs that need to be done and have someone say, well, I really want to work on painting the basement. And you could have painting the basement as one of those. You could see how many people you needed supplies for that were going to help paint the basement instead of those that were going to work on the driveway or something like that. Radio buttons, same kind of idea, only they only get to choose one of them in a radio button set, right? Because you select one and the other one deselects. Right. Check boxes, they could select them all. Well, we'd love that for the work view, right? You choose them all. A yes, no toggle, a linear scale, a section heading. If you have a really long form, like we're going to take school input, maybe we'd want to say, tell us about your family, another section about where you'd gone to school in the past, another section, so it lets you put in a, a divider and some text to separate the sections. Make it, when do I get out? Is it, I hear people in the hall. 
I'm not assuming that you will need to come back, but if you are like here for the day, we can keep going too. But I want to close off. You can also have a URL. So real quick, in the minute I have left, uh, and I promised you about PDF forms or PDF files, I'm going to click Save on this. And look, here below the map is the form. You see that? And we can click up here. And we could change this gibberish to be something that makes sense, like okay. I'm going to click publish on this, and here's the form a little bit of gibberish, my pictures, my map, and here's the form that someone could actually fill out. Okay. It goes to the sidebar item that says forms. That's right. And if I tried, uh, like uh, email is starred, I'm going to just uh, copy that and take it out, and I hit submit, then see how it turns it all red. So it won't let them submit something that you required. So I'm going to go ahead and put that back in. How many of you are going to another seminar? Okay, yeah. Let me let me just quick do this. So I submitted the form and it says, thank you, your response has been recorded right on the page. And now I'm going to go to forms, you with me in the sidebar? I'm going to click that. And I've got request for lawn mowing. A few seconds ago was the latest response and there's one response in here. And I can view responses, I can get a statistical report of the responses or I can edit the form. And like say, oh, I forgot to ask something, I want to change the form. So if I view responses, then here's the one, Daryl Hosford and all of this, I can export it to a Excel spreadsheet. I can um, copy to a collection, that's another thing I could tell you more about. I could view it, and here's the info that I put in. So that's real quick. And I'll get to show you in the next section here the example of putting in the PDF. We may have some people join us too. We'll see. I'd like to see I've got a few more questions. Inserting a, a video. Good. Yes. Um, if we go in and um, let me. I, I didn't show that to you, I kind of glossed over it. I'm going to go back to edit, and edit will take me right back to where we were. The fields, but there's also settings. And inside settings, email notification. So any user in the site can be notified. And, and if I had selected someone, they would, there would have been an email saying, someone just filled out the form, da 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 and you can select, these are the users in the system that can be notified. You can also choose whether they get a thank you message or whether they redirect to a completely different page. And if you do that, then you can say, well, where do you want to redirect them? Is there any way for them to know that there were a half a dozen one to do it at the same time? There's not that level of smarts, like an actual scheduling to say, there's somebody else already mowing that week. There's, uh, that's a little more unique 
there's a way to do that, but not with forms. Yeah. Now, form charges, this is an interesting thing. And I know you need to go, brother, so I'm going to let you go. But let's say that you've got a Pathfinder registration. And, and unfortunately, you've got to put gas in the vehicle, and it's going to cost $10. You could have a form to say how many Pathfinders are going. Please go to the website and fill out the form. If you've activated a Stripe payment gateway, you can attach $10 to this form. And when they get to the bottom of it and they hit submit, there's a form, there's a pay page. And they put in their credit card number and they pay and that is recorded in the spreadsheet. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.